0: Evening and a very warm welcome to all of you this evening, whether you're here or online, it's good to have you with us, good to see a good number of faces out this evening. Uh, this evening we're carrying on uh, in our series, our mini-series on prayers in the Bible, and tonight we're looking at Paul's prayer in Ephesians, in Ephesians 1. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that with you uh, a bit later. Uh, but let's pray and let's ask that God will help us this evening as we meet with him. Lord God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come to church tonight. Lord, or to come to the building where we as a church can meet. Lord, we we thank you, Lord, that we can gather freely and that we can hear what you've got to say to us and that we can speak to you. And Lord, I pray that we would see the privilege in that. Lord, forgive us for the times when we come to church so casually. Lord, I pray that we'd be amazed at the privilege we've got tonight. Lord, I pray that you would uh, meet with us. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be those of us up the front who are speaking, but Lord, that we would hear your word tonight. Lord, I pray that it would challenge us. Lord, I pray that our lives may be impacted as we hear your word. Lord, that it would impact our hearts, that our hearts would be soft and ready to accept your word. So Lord, do help us this evening, I pray. Give us a sense of worship to you, Lord, I pray. In your name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing. And then after uh, we're going to sing, uh, Mark Allwright uh, is here from in Need. It's good to have you with us. And uh, he's going to do a presentation on the work. You may have seen the the bin in the uh, car park. He's going to do a, a presentation for us after we've sung. But now we're going to sing. We're going to praise the risen king. Come people of the risen King
1: who delight to bring him praise. Let's stand and sing.
2: body thank you so much for inviting me here it's a great pleasure but before i'd start did anyone see the big boat that was down the road some guy noah was knocking something together for some animals i think he's going to need it if this rain continues i think we're going to be uh, be relying on him to get us out of here so uh, yeah this it doesn't get quite that bad yeah i've I have an amazing pleasure to be here, it's a church that we've been, uh, had. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before when we had our celebration here, you've all been really, really great to us and it's an absolute honour and a hum- it humbles me to be here and I really, really thank you. As Mark, another Mark, I'm not sure whether we're Mark 1 and Mark 2 but whoever the whichever way around it is, um, yeah, I've been with World in Need now for um, two and a half years It's been a hard two and a half years because as we all have we've all been kind of locked down and we've been locked down but we have managed to continue working. We've managed to continue working right the way through but quite a lot of it is from home and boy am I glad that we're now back in the office because it just gives you a bit of a sense of belonging when you're back doing something with Christians that you're working with that are other Christians. So it's really great. So again as I said thanks for having me here I'll try not to take too long I've got Five minutes, and four and a half minutes left, so... So, um, you've already heard Mark mention about that lovely blue box that we've got sitting in your car park. We've now got 11 of those dotted around Sussex, and they will, as people get to use them, bring in a really good income to us. Before we had these bins, we had our own bins where we used to have to go and empty them, and we used to uh, bring all the rather smelly, wet clothes back to our office... Pile them up in the middle of the office on a big table, have to sort through them ourselves, which was rather unpleasant, and because some of them weren 't that clean, of course, and then we had to then split them up into stuff that we could sell on eBay, which we did make some fairly good money at, all the rest went off to be uh, to be recycled we don 't have to do that anymore now we organize a, a contractor subcontractor to to provide the bins, they paint them blue, they put all the signs on them, they deliver them, they empty them. It's absolutely amazing and they will then pay us for whatever they take out of those bins. I cannot urge you enough to say get your neighbours to use them, fill them up. I know the church might not like this but I'd sooner see them overflowing every single week because then I know it's making money for win and that's really what it's all about. So yes and I do have some leaflets out there, I think you've seen one of them on the notice board out there. I do have some if you really could take some away with you I'd be really great. So Malcolm tells me that you're really quite interested in Bangladesh, which is uh, uh, a country, again, close to my heart. I did get out there, again, best must be two and a half years ago, right when I first started with, with World in Need. Uh, Rob, our CEO, says, Mark, you need to go to Bangladesh. Never been to Bangladesh before in my life, and I thought this could be uh, interesting. But we did a, an Asian tour, so we went around to different places in Asia. Bangladesh is a dirty, horrible uh, unkind country it needs world in need more than anything else at the moment. There are people out there that are really, really struggling, but as you 'll see in a minute from the uh, from the presentation, the church is growing it really is, so it 's really, really good. so what is world in need all about? please thank you practical mission that 's the core of what World in Need is, believes in. We believe that whatever we do in, in our different countries, pr- being there doing practical mission is better than just saying, here's some money, go do it yourself. For two reasons. Unfortunately, there's a lot of countries in the world where if we send money out, the people we send it to, they might not see it all, or they might not see any of it. We have a situation at the moment in, uh, in India, forgive me a Where as of last year, we used to send money out to each individual uh, family member's bank account. The, since then, the uh, uh, Indian government has said, no, nope, you're sending it out to charity organisations, and we don't really like that because we can't see what you're sending out. We want you to stop sending it to their bank accounts, send it to the National Bank of India, and then we can see what you're sending to them. At least we know it's getting to the Bank of India, we know what we're sending in and we're hoping and praying that it all does actually get to the right families. Controlling, controlling, controlling. Particularly if we are a Christian charity. Which we obviously are. So we have, we have 13, 13 projects. 13 projects, uh, in 10 different countries in Southeast Asia and Africa. But to run those, we we do need this lovely word, funding support. Without the funding support, we do not operate. We struggle to feed and clothe and look after the children. I can't stress how much enough it is that what your church does for the world in need is truly amazing. It really, really is. And we are, are so, so grateful. But we're funded not just by churches. We're funded a lot by I think it was on, when I was in the office on Wednesday, 412 individual people, individual private people, sponsoring each individual child. So there's 412 children being sponsored by people. The problem is I have another 1,000 waiting to be sponsored. That's the, cri- that's the critical part. And it hurts me sometimes when I've got to make a decision which child needs to be sponsored. Can you imagine... You've got little Joey here and little Fred over here and well, yeah, okay, well, it's got to be Joey's turn this time only because he's been on the waiting list for longer than little Fred has. I'd like to say to them all, we've supported them all. all right, again, if you can see me afterwards, I'll willingly give you a, 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 a child sponsorship leaflet and if we can increase that number after tonight, I'll be so, so, so grateful. But not just, not just, uh, as I say, private individuals, uh, Christian Charities, um, Christian individuals, companies are here to help us out in a very big way. There is a big company in, in, in Krober. I won't mention their name because they'll probably be be a little bit embarrassed. But that company alone supports 25 children, which is truly, truly amazing and, and great great for us. What is our history? How do we end up where we are? How on earth do we end up being uh, a charity-like world in need? There was a guy who thought that uh, uh, he needed to help Afghan children, Afghanistani children, and that's where we started, which is truly amazing. When you consider the mess that Afghanistan is in at the moment, that's where it all started. The only problem is, as, he, as in his words, it got a little bit heavy and a little bit scary, and he, wanted to, he had to get He was told to get out. He was told to leave. He was told that this is time to leave. So they pulled out of there and went to Delhi, and they set up our first children's home in South Delhi. And that's where it all started. From there, we've, we've gone out into various other places in Asia um, uh, and up obviously over into, into Africa. In that time, thousands of children have been fed and thousands more have come to find Jesus, which is truly wonderful. Now, we have a thing called a global family. A global family is something that all our all our projects sign up to. They are our global family, if you like. Our office is the is the mummy and daddy of that global family, and they uh, they kind of run the department that they're looking after in whichever country they're in, whether it be an orphan orphanage in in uh, in India, or whether it be uh, a, believe it or not a drugs rehabilitation centre, which is something else that we've got. Very small, but it does take fellows off the street. Uh, to help uh, relieve their drug and alcohol abuse. They all have to sign up to this global agreement. They all provide us with information through our newsletters, which we, you have seen here. And uh, I wouldn't say they're constrained by what they have to do, but they are answerable to wherever we send the money. So if we send them out money, they have to say what they have actually spent it on. It's not just, oh, here's here's a £1,000, go away and... And do what you like with it, here's a £1,000 but please tell us what you've done with it not because we're keeping a cheque on you but so we can actually share with it with the people who do, know, do donate the money because if you're giving funds to an organisation you really would like to know where they're going and that's what we believe, so we believe that we, we, they tell us and we tell you a lot of it comes out in the newsletter, if you are a child sponsor then you'll get that information sent through to you from Anne in, in our office Pictures. Here's a few examples of uh, the way we, we reach people. During during the COVID time, the uh, Philippines is a, a school that has 300 children, uh, little Filipino girls and boys from this big to, to this big. I uh, had the pleasure of going seeing these guys and uh, um, some of them live on the rubbish dumps. Their houses are tin shacks. Some of them don't have front doors and they spend their time, the children when they're not at school, actually on the rubbish dump, trying to find plastic bottles, tin cans and food. You think, why? Well, okay, you, you, you can probably understand the food, but by saving the plastic bottles and the tin cans, they're able to take them to a, a scrap dealer and they're able to recycle them and get a little tiny bit of money. But a little tiny bit of money is not better than no money, which they didn't have if they didn't do it. I've also had the misfortune to see an area of land that is now completely clear of all houses, that's because the rubbish heap that was built up. There were old enough people in here to remember what Aberfan was like. This is exactly what happened out there. There was a huge pile of uh, uh, refuse. Rainy day, rainy day, rainy day, rainy day. That lot ended up down in the valley and it wiped out hundreds of homes where these kids used to live. They're starting to rebuild again. So what did we do? well believe it or not we sent computers so, cause, so these kids now can actually work from home during the, during the lockdown a lot of the children here would have had to work from home all our children in our orphanages had to do the same they couldn't go into school they requested could we send some cu- computers out to them so rather than the computers because that's an expensive way of doing it we managed to raise funds for them to buy their own computers and, then, and, and have the children then do work from home slight problem there there isn't any internet. So they do it slightly differently. They wanted the computers and the computer equipment so they could print out all the, all the uh, uh, information for the children so they could deliver it by hand to these children out on the outskirts of wherever they are. And then the children would return it by either someone would bring it back or someone would go and get it. But the school continued working right the way through, which is, was truly amazing. Ethiopia, Food, 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 food. That's all they kept saying. We need food, we need food, we need food. Again, we sent money out. We had a a collection. I think it was something like £47,000 we ended up with. We just said, we need help for our fields, for our global families. And £47,000 came in from people like yourself. Absolutely amazing. So we were able to send money out for them. They were able to procure food and deliver it for them. In Kenya, the government says, oh, you've got to shut the school. Unless you can prove that you've got sanitation in progress, where you can get your guys to wash their hands and and then wash their hands again, and then then use gel, and uh, well, of course, none of this was available in Kenya. It just didn't happen. But it does now because we sent it out there. We sent money out there so they could actually do this. And I have a heart for for the orphanage, the orphanage in the Punjab. My wife is from the Punjab, and as soon as I started at uh, a World in Need, I had a request. We need a buffalo. Buffalo. Where am I going to get a buffalo from? So I, I, I immediately called my wife. I says, "If I needed a buffalo in the Punjab, what would I do?" She says, "Buy it." Okay. <laughs> I didn't really need to hear that. So um, I have to tell you, my wife is from the Punjab, and she has this lovely story of sitting on the back of a buffalo at seven years old. Seven years old, holding on to this thing's horns and driving it down to the water hole so this buffalo or the buffalo herd, of which there were about 10 of them, could drink. Then she'd let them drink and then she'd turn them around and bring them all back. Now, she was this big and the buffalo was this big. Good story. I love it. So, I knew somebody somewhere along that line would actually say, ''Oh, yeah, I know where I can get a buffalo from.'' And that's exactly what we did. We managed to procure a buffalo for £650. Why do they need a buffalo? You'll be amazed what they get from the buffalo. First of all, they're going to get milk. And the buffalo milk is very, very, very rich. In fact, I, I can't drink too rich for me. But yeah, And from that, they can make cheese. And from the cheese, they can also get... From the buffalo milk, you can also get cream. These guys live well. They've got a bu- one buffalo that's just had a baby as well. So we've now got a little baby buffalo that's really quite sweet. And there's great big, big buffalo here. So, yeah, they, uh, they're good. All sent out by by money from people like yourselves. Now, two of our practical projects picture there one which you're particularly interested in which is the uh, church and school building in Bangladesh is Bangladesh is an amazing country we've got a pastor out there who uh, is I'll give you some facts in a minute but he's just like so hot on for church planting and encouraging people to go to church and the other one there which is new to us, which is a world in need discipleship course. And I'll come onto that in a minute. But let's just look at Bangladesh. You'll see a big picture there. No, you won't. You'll see a big picture there, uh, of, uh, little children. That's half the school of the orphanage. The other half are the bigger school. And they are, uh, these guys, we well, can see they're probably three years onwards. Don't have any parents. They're just like picked up off the street, and someone else brings them along and says, "Oh, you can have another one." Have we haven't got any room. I'll have another one. So they just literally dump them on the doorstep and say, "Here, look look after them." And the part of the guy you see standing on the right of that is the is the pastor who's doing all the church planting as well. So in the other half of the school is the older students, and uh, uh, they are amazing because they help look after the the little the little kids as well. But this guy. Um, you can see him there baptising a child and uh, again I'll give you some facts in a minute and there's a picture there of a uh, a school as well. So a few facts, 25 children now live in the orphanage at the start of the pandemic it was 14 so has the pandemic made it worse because the parents don't want them or is it just that the parents didn't want them or we're just finding more of them? we don't know they don't know they don't know why they keep where, where they keep coming from but they do i think it's because people hear how good it is and think this could be good for my child or my friend or something and they just literally turn up 41 new believers 41 new believers were baptized in november alone by by this fella in probably not some of the cleanest water but yeah they were baptized to help with church plants which is what he believes in, 60 people were trained and he now has 60 helpers helping him do church plants, 18 youth leaders 850 people were fed in December over the Christmas period all, all in Bangladesh now Bangladesh is the uh, one of the wettest countries uh, in Asia and uh, it sits at the bottom of the Himalayas and uh, the rain just comes pouring, pouring in but uh, the aim out there is to build two more schools, along with two more churches, and you think, well, what do they need churches for? You can see, see the picture that's here. Here, there is a church. The church is the people. We all know that. But unfortunately when it starts raining, the people don't particularly want to get wet. They don't just just turn up when it... If you imagine if it was like it is out there tonight and you've got to go and sit under a tree and, uh, uh, and listen to the pastor talk. You might not turn up. So they need something better than just a, a, a tree. But all of his churches start with a middle of a field, under a tree, or in somebody's house. This is what we need. We need space for uh, a church to be built... The church can also be used as a school building, which is, edu- I say, education for the children. It's also used as a community centre. There's education on how to cook. Yep. Yeah, they teach them how to cook. And, uh, uh, this I know is, 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 what your church is interested in. So, onto something I just did want to mention. Um, this is a, a basic discipleship course. To, in 2022, we've released this this January. And, It's a 14 week course, we want to release it to all of the families that we have uh, around the world, but we have also had other countries calling us and saying, tell us about this discipleship course, as far away as South Africa. Well what it is, is a 14 week course, and a bit like Alpha, quite a few have done Alpha, we serve it with a meal. 14 week course, so they get 14 meals, and that costs them nothing. But we know that it's going to cost us between 14 and £15 pound per course. Which when you think that they're also getting a meal which is costing a pound and all the paperwork that comes with it and uh, and at the end of it they get a certificate. It's amazing how they, uh, I mean, yeah, I like to see a certificate and I expect the kids here love to see certificates. But the adults, they just really treasure this certificate. to they say they've done their 15-week course and they're now disciples of Jesus. They're proud to be disciples of Jesus. And the whole thing with World in Need is to make disciples. We want to make disciples that are going to go out and make more disciples. And more disciples will then make more disciples. Sharing the love and the word of God. So we have hundreds waiting to do this course. And we're asking for support. £15 from one person. Or £150 from a church or £1,500 from a church. Depends on how many people we can actually get on the course. I'm not going to go too major on that, because I know it's the Bangladesh that you've got your, got, your, got your heart on. So, just to finish up, just to say, let's, uh, let's visit the website, worldinneed.org, or I'm going to be standing out there in the rain, no, not quite in the rain, in the, in the uh, lobby. Uh, come and see me, and... Uh, I'd love to have a chat and tell you all about the stuff that I can't tell you about because there's children listening. Some of the stuff is really gruesome. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much for that update, Mark. And There's lots there to to pray over now, so shall we pray to God? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come now to pray to a God who is trustworthy in every single way. A God who is full of love, full of compassion, full of mercy for his people. A God who knows each and every single one of us. Lord, we thank you so much that that you do care for your people. Lord, many of us have come here and this evening. We've come from weeks where we might have had uh, things that have happened that have uh, Caused us troubles, concerns, anxieties. Lord, you know all the worries and um, the things that have happened to us over these past weeks. Lord, you are a God who rejoices when we rejoice, but you are a God also who weeps when we weep. We thank you so much that when we have worries and concerns, Lord, we can bring them all to you. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who does listen to your people. Lord, we think of that message that we heard uh, this morning from Mark. Lord, how Jesus was pronounced guilty by the people, yet was innocent, yet was willing to be that substitute um, for us. And Lord, because of what Jesus has done, he took the place that each and every single one of us deserves, that if we put our trust in him, we can have an eternity in heaven. Lord, we were speaking to the children this morning, and we were talking about sins and how far away he has put them from us, as as far as the east is from the west, and how amazing that is. Lord, just um, wonderful to think that, If we are in Christ, Lord, no one can take that from us, that our sins will not be brought up again, and we thank you so much for that. Heavenly Father, we just pray as we go into this this new week, Lord, that that we will go refreshed from from this week. Lord, that we will go put in our trust in you. Lord, many of us might feel um, downcast at the moment, might be weary and tired, but Lord, you give us strength, you give us hope day by day. Lord, help us to really be drawn close to you. May your Holy Spirit really work within us, we do pray. Lord God, we were just hearing from Mark then about um, the world in need. Lord, we thank you so much for the work that they do. Lord, we have that bin sitting outside in our own car park here and we just really do pray that people will will be encouraged to, to bring items of clothes, to fill that bin. Like Mark said, we want it to be overflowing. Lord, tell people about it, we do pray. And Lord, we just... Do pray that if there are any in here now that that are um, are concerned for these children, that they might speak to Mark or somebody afterwards, pick up one of the leaflets and, and want to sponsor those children. Lord, we are so fortunate where we live. We don't, many of us, have many wants or needs. We're all clothed, we're all fed day by day. But there are so many people all across this world that aren't clothed, that aren't fed, that live on the streets, that don't have parents, that are orphaned. And Lord, we do pray for them that you will be with them at this time. We pray that the organisations like The World in Need, Lord, that you will help them to to provide provide those um, things that they need, the things that are necessary, the food, the shelter, and the clothes, Lord. We do pray. But most importantly, we think about their souls. And the most important thing, not just us here in this country, but everybody all around the world, the thing that they need more than anything, is to have Jesus in their lives. And we pray as um, this work goes on in these different countries, that most importantly, you will be lifted up high, and that these children... These um, folks will grow to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll help to provide buildings. We pray that you'll help to provide churches so they can worship there together. And Lord, we thank you so much for those discipleship courses that we've been hearing about. How wonderful that is, Lord, and it is so true. The more people that are discipled, the more people that can go out and spread that good news around this world, and we pray for that. Lord, we think of um, things closer to home And Lord, we especially think of um, Louis Bishop at this time, and Lord, we think about um, the operation that that he is going to have up in London tomorrow. We pray that you will be with him, and especially with the surgeons and the doctors and the nurses as they look after him. We pray that you will um, give them the skills that they need to perform that operation, and we pray that Louis will come through it um, safely, we do pray. And Lord, we think of uh, Jodie and Craig at this time also. It must be such a, a worrying concern for them. But we know that you are the God of comfort, that you are the God that cares, and we pray that even now that you will be with them and comfort in them through this situation. Again, Lord, we think of those that we know that are sad at this time, that have been bereaved, and we especially, again, commit to you, uh, Christy and the family, we really do pray for them at this time. Lord, continue to be with them, continue to uplift them, continue to strengthen them, continue to let them know that they are loved by a Heavenly Father, and that love can never be taken away from them. And we thank you so much for the way that, that you have helped them through this situation so far. And we again remember Stephen. Again, I thank you for him and his life, Lord, that he had. And I pray that those um, lessons that he taught our children here, for those camps that he went on, would not have been in vain, but they'd have been so helpful and that even now, those um, people that were on those camps and in those lessons that he taught will have been stirred up by the things that have happened. And Lord, that they will want to know more about Jesus and commit their lives to you. Lord God, I I again thank you for our Sunday school here. It was so wonderful again this morning to see so many children wander through those doors with big smiles on their faces and so excited to be there. Lord, we love having them and we thank you so much that they come week by week. We thank you so much that we can give them um, a a lesson, we can teach them about you, we can sing with them about how great you are. But Lord, that is not enough on its own. We pray for your Holy Spirit. We pray that, that you will work in their lives that you will change them, that you will mould them, that you will shape them, and that they will grow to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for those in Rooted also, Lord, that have gone through Sunday School but are now older. Some of them might be distracted by many other things in this world. But, Lord, we know that these things in this world that charm us, they, they aren't any good for us, Lord. They will not bring us true happiness. The only thing that can bring us true happiness is to have the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And I pray for them that as they they grow older, Lord, as they come to and be tempted in many more ways through this world, that they will want to put their trust in you and to follow you. And we pray for those that have wandered. Lord, we know that many here that we love have gone away and gone astray. But Lord, we know that you can still work in their lives. You can still bring them back. And I pray for them. Even at this moment, Lord, you can work in their hearts. And I do pray that you would continue to do this. Lord God, we... We pray now for for Mark as he comes to preach to us. We thank you so much for for Mark. We thank you for that message that we heard this morning and we pray that you will really be with him now as he speaks to us. Really help him as he um, preaches on that prayer. Lord, help us to be attentive to what is said. Help us to to really be um, listening to, to what Mark has to say and may your Holy Spirit work in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. I do pray. And at this time, we pray for John and Esther as they're away from us. We thank you so much that, that they've been able to get a holiday away. We pray that even this evening that they will be, in, will be being refreshed spiritually. We pray that they will come back really full of energy again. We thank you so much for all they do for us here, for the preaching that John does week by week and the, so many help that he gives to so many people and for the work that Esther does also we do pray. And one more thing, God, we do pray again for, for that Hope Explored course. Lord, each one of us who do not know God needs hope. And the only one that gives us true hope is, is Jesus Christ. And I pray that as this course runs, Lord, those women that are on the course will see that for themselves, that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the only one to cling to. Jesus is the only one to put our trust in. And I pray as that course runs, Lord, that you will help Jane as she speaks to, to those ladies on that course, but most importantly, that they will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ through it. We pray all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our um, second hymn now. Um, I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin that promised joy and life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to your will, and if you had not loved me first, I would
1: refuse you still. Second song.
4: evening comes from Ephesians chapter 1. So if you'd like to turn to that in your Bibles, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. might be to the praise of his glory in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him was sealed with the promised holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory for this reason because i have heard of your faith in the lord jesus and your love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all. And so read God's word. We will now have our third hymn, By faith we see the hand of God. By faith we see the hand of God. In the light of creation's grand design, in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness,
1: who walk by faith and not by sight. Please stand to sing.
0: of kit. They've got fast processors and they're packed full of gadgetry. And um, you can do hundreds of things simply by picking up your phone. And uh, yet the majority of people don't really use half of the ability that the phone's got today. Might use it for basic messaging, social media, maybe a video or two. It's got lots of power, it's just not used You know, in the hands of a Christian, prayer is a powerful thing. And that's because we're praying to our Father, God. But often we underuse it. Often there is so much power there that we just don't use. What are your prayers like? Do you find that sometimes when you pray you find that you're saying one thing and you're thinking another and you become aware of the words you're saying and you're not thinking them at all. Or maybe you, you love praying but you find it a struggle because there's just so many things to pray for and to be honest it just feels a bit overwhelming. You've got a heart for prayer but it, there's just so much. Or maybe your prayers resemble shopping lists. Dear God... Please can you, please can you, please can you, amen. It might be for other people, but it's, it's sort of just practical needs. and Practical needs are good to pray for, but it's that's all it is, and it's just something that feels a bit lacking. Or are you sitting there thinking, well, my prayers aren't really anything like that because I don't pray. Well, tonight we're going to see how we can pray for other people. We're going to learn how we can... Pray for others, each other. And we're going to do that by looking at uh, one of the prayers in Ephesians, the prayer in Ephesians 1. And Paul reveals to the Ephesians what he prays for them. So, what we're going to do is we're going to look at that prayer and see what we can learn from it. Paul had been, uh, a while ago, um, a senior pastor in Ephesus, which is now sort of Western Turkey. He'd been there for about three years or so, um, and then he'd left, but he had kept up the contact. He wasn't WhatsApping, he wasn't FaceTiming, but he was kind of keeping reports going. Um, He could send them letters. And it seems like, from the way this letter's written, that it wasn't really written to just one church. It seems quite a general letter, and that's good, because it, it means that it was relevant for all the Christians there. And that's good for us, because it means it's relevant for us, too. So let's look at this prayer, and we see that Paul thanks God... For their spiritual life, Paul thanks God for their spiritual life. Paul says in verse fifteen and sixteen, "For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers." Now, I'm not a medic by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know that when uh, when medics are looking after people, when people are monitoring them, uh, there are vital signs. Uh, and there's pulse rate, and there's respiration rate or breathing, there's body temperature, and often blood pressure is thrown in there as well. These are sort of the vital signs of life. And Paul thanks God for the Ephesians' is faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus, and love towards other Christians. Because those two things are the vital signs of spiritual life. Faith in Jesus and love for other Christians. The Ephesians have held fast in their faith to Jesus. They're trusting in what Jesus has done on the cross. And they love the saints. And this is clear evidence to Paul that they're alive. The love of God has infiltrated their hearts and it's overflowed to others. It's overflowed to the brothers and sisters in the churches in the area. You know, love for God should always lead to a love for others, that goes beyond feelings and into action. Jesus said, didn't he, by this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Ephesians are a vibrant community that live out what they believe. Paul thanks God for their spiritual life and he prays for them continuously. Do you pray for others? I know many of you do. Do you thank God for the spiritual life in those around you? You know, we're not a perfect church. Uh, not by, we're not even close. We'd love to be, but there is spiritual life here. As I talk with so many of you, there is so much evidence of faith in Christ and love for others. And it should be something we thank God for. John, our pastor, is away at the moment, he's on holiday, and I know that he he prays for us as a church. He prays for you as individuals. I know that he thanks God for the work that he's doing in us as a church. And I want to encourage you to pray for him too. It's a good opportunity when he's away. You know, he desperately needs your prayers. And it's not because he's in some sort of crisis, but it's because he's on the front line of Christian service week in, week out. And I don't think we really see much of the burden that he bears so much. So much of it we just don't see. And I want to say, especially to those of you who are members, pray for your pastor. Pray for him. He needs it. He feels such a need for it. And I just want to say as well, thank you so much for your prayers for me. You know, it's one of the joys when you're preparing for a time like this and people are in contact for different reasons. Sometimes people message you just to say, I'm praying for you. It's such a blessing. Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful because I feel that need for your prayer so much. I really do. Do you tell people you're praying for them? If you pray for someone, tell them. It's such an encouragement. And if it's appropriate, tell them what you're praying. This is what Paul does now. And he starts with the biggest thing that he wants for them. This, this is the thing that's at the very top of his priority list. He prays firstly that they will know God better. Verse 17, he prays that they will know God better. It says in verse 17, that the, he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul prays that God might reveal himself to them, that they might know him better, because knowing God is the most wonderful, most fulfilling, most captivating thing that we can ever experience. We, we were designed to be satisfied by God more than anything else. And if you're sat there and you don't really feel like knowing God is that important, it doesn't feel that great to you, then I'd suggest that's because you don't really know him. Paul wrote this in Philippians 3, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. Paul knew God well. And he knew that nothing else could compare to knowing God. Knowing God more and more is the greatest thing that we can strive for. And it's the best thing that we can pray for each other. And maybe maybe sometimes you think, I've been tempted to think like this sometimes well. Paul was so into his theology. He, he was such a sort of academic... He loved that sort of thing, but I'm not like that. I'm not academic. I'm not particularly bright. I find theology a struggle, trying to get my head around it. Or maybe sometimes you feel like Paul's this kind of super Christian, and you just feel like you can never quite match up to him, and it just feels hopeless, sort of praying anything like him. Do you feel like that sometimes? You sort of understand the theory of knowing God and it even appeals to you. You hear other people talking about knowing God and you think, well, it sounds great, but in reality it just doesn't feel great for you. You know what you can pray? You can pray for God to reveal himself to you as a gift. It's what he does. He reveals himself to us. It's not about how smart you are. You know, you can study, um, do all the studying in the world and yet, never really know God. Some of the world's biggest brains know lots about God, but they don't know God. You know, what, what we need is for Him to reveal Himself to us. That's how we get to know God. It's a gift, He reveals Himself to us. And this is beautiful because it means that any of us, and each of us here, can know God. It doesn't matter what, so what culture we're from, or what background, or how academically gifted we are, it doesn't matter. We can all know God. Now, I'm not saying that studying isn't important. Spending time in God's Word is is really important. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be up here tonight. You know, at this church, we we preach and we teach because as we do that, we see God. We see Him revealed in His Word. So it is important to, to study, to see more of God. But we need to pray that he reveals himself to us. You know, one of the things I loved about doing the SGP Bible training course that I know some of you are doing at the moment and a good number of you have done is sort of seeing how the Bible worked and how it all fitted together and how it told one big story. And as I understood more of that, I saw more and more of God. And I was more and more amazed at how wonderful he was. He revealed himself to me more and I was amazed by what I saw. Well, maybe this evening you don't feel like you know God at all. Not really. Maybe it's one of your first times in church. You know, God promises that if you seek him, you will find him. It's an amazing promise. If you seek him, you will find him. And I want to encourage you tonight. If you want to know God, pray that he'll reveal himself to you. He'll show himself to you. And read what he says about himself. And of course, if you'd like, come and chat to us. If one of us is too scary, chat to a friend or chat to a person you've come with. Knowing knowing God is our greatest need, whatever our circumstances. And sometimes we can struggle to believe that. But it's true. Knowing God is our greatest need, whatever our circumstances. I've got a book on my bookshelf at home. I saw it this week as I was preparing. It's called Knowing God uh, by J.I. Packer. Um, I actually saw the quote I'm about to read somewhere else, uh, but I thought it was worth sharing again. This is what J.I. Packer says about knowing God. He says, We are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. The world becomes a strange, mad painful place and life in it a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know God disregard the study of God and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfold as it were with no sense of direction and no understanding of what's around you this way you can waste your life and lose your soul our aim in studying God must be to know God himself better So when we're praying with friends, when we're praying at our church meeting, when you're praying in your families, this is a really good thing to pray. Pray that you'll know God better. And maybe you can think of someone that it'd be particularly good to pray for them that they would know God better. Maybe you can commit to praying for someone in that way. You know, it talks about uh, the more we know God, the more the the eyes of our heart are enlightened. That's what it talks about in verse 18. It talks about the eyes of our heart being enlightened. As as the light of God shines in, we see more of him. And, And more things become clear to us. And now Paul moves on to pray for three things that kind of come from knowing God better, that come from having our hearts enlightened. So he prays that they will know God better. And that they will know, and this is in the, uh, verses 18 to 23, they will know the hope that they have. They will the, know the hope that they have. It says, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Hope is a powerful thing, isn't it? We've actually talked about hope already tonight. If you look on Google, you can get some wonderful inspirational quotes about hope Often when uh, people have survived situations, you know when you get someone who's survived an extreme situation and um, you sort of think, how did they get out alive? And often they say it was because there was hope. If there was no hope at all, they would have given up a lot earlier. But there was hope that enabled them to keep going beyond what they thought was possible. It's a powerful thing. And if we're God's people, we have hope too. But it's not just a kind of a maybe possibility, we kind, of, we kind of hope for something, it's a certain hope, it's a certain future that we have. The hope to which God calls us looks at a time when God will restore the world, when God will come back and when he will live with us in the new heavens and the new earth, when we will live in perfection and beauty, when we will share in his glory and we will see him face to face. Paul wants them to have such a focus on this future that they have, this certain future that they have that it impacts everything now. It gives us a sort of positivity and an optimism in life that nothing else can give us. It means that whatever life throws at us, we can face it without becoming utterly overwhelmed because we can look beyond it to something that gives us a certain hope. So often in our life we pray, don't we, and we want our circumstances to change. We're in a difficult time and we, we cry out to God to help us. You know, I've chatted to so many people People have witnessed it in their lives where they've been battered and bruised by life and they've cried out to God for help and God has helped them. But God hasn't changed their circumstances. What he's done is he's given them more of a sense of hope, a clearer sense of the future, a clearer sense that God does have his hand over all things. And and it's given them a joy and a positivity that can only come from that. It comes from someone looking in faith to a certain future. As one commentator said, when we have this perspective of this certain future, a filthy and a depressing prison, which is where Paul was, is recognised as a glorious stage for an evangelistic drama in the theatre of the heavenly realms. Setbacks become opportunities to trust in Christ enthroned on high. Cruel persecutions are no longer pointless suffering, but wounds received in the battle for supremacy that has been decisively won at the cross by our King, who will soon return to reward his loyal soldiers. See the difference it makes having this future vision, this hope. If we're not careful, we become so short-sighted, don't we? We lose sight of God. We lose sight of the fact that he's in control of the fact that his plans are coming together. And we we look at this broken world and we look at the frustrations and we look at the the problem and and it can make us feel very low. Paul knew that if the Ephesians were going to live well for God in difficult circumstances, they needed more of the hope. To which God had called them. And so do we. We need to pray, don't we, that God will give us more of this hope. This is, this is what he's called us to. Some of this tonight, it may seem very theological. But actually, if we pray these things, you know, it it will have a very real and observable impact on our lives. We will be able to see evidence of answered prayers if we're praying these things. So how how is this going to influence your prayers? You're going to pray more for this hope? And importantly as well, who might you pray for in this aspect? Who might you pray for to have more of a sense of this certain hope? Well, next for praise that they will know God better and that they will know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints now we might think that God's talking about uh, the riches of our inheritance here, but well, that is what he's talking about in verse 14 of chapter 1 that Paul talks about but that's not what he's talking about here, here he's talking about God's glorious inheritance what could God possibly inherit that is glorious? Doesn't he own all things? Well, his glorious inheritance is, and get this, believers, Christians, as it calls it here, saints. God's people are God's glorious inheritance, we're, we're God's treasured possession. And I can tell you one thing, it's certainly not because we're naturally like treasure. I know that much. We're broken, rebellious and worthless. And yet, somehow, in this kind of stunningly beautiful mystery, God makes us into his treasure possession. We become God's inheritance that he is looking forward to receiving at the end of all things. We're his and we're valued beyond what we can imagine. And it is God's joy to bring us to him and to bless us with all sorts of blessings. And and even though this is God's inheritance, we are the beneficiaries, even though it is thoroughly undeserved by us. So as we look out at other believers in the church, as we think about how to pray for other Christians, we don't just see people, we see God's treasure chest. Doesn't this impact how we feel? Doesn't this impact as well how we live? should do? And what about this as well this is something I was thinking about just this afternoon. Doesn't this impact how we should view other Christians? Especially if we struggle with them. If we find people difficult. They're God's treasure. They're his inheritance. Not because they're special, not because of what they've done, but because of what God has done for them. God loves them so much that he's made them his treasure. Doesn't that change how we view our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's incredibly unifying, isn't it? The right reaction here is not to say, wow, I'm treasure, look at how special I am. The right reaction is to go, wow, God made me treasure. That is power. That is love. So let's pray for each other. Let's thank God that we are his inheritance and let the praise go to God for that. Finally, pray that they will know the immeasurable greatness of his power working for us. The immeasurable greatness of his power working for us. It says, verse 19, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might i love the way paul stacks up the words here to kind of try and get across the power of god that is on our sides you notice the words immeasurable greatness of his power according to the working of his great might now sometimes um have you seen it where you see the size of a star and it tries to illustrate how big a star is and you just so quickly my little mind can't cope with it not even half Or you you talk about the galaxies and you you talk about the number of stars in the galaxies and then how many galaxies there are. And very quickly, as soon as you start really, you're in numbers that just blow your mind. And, And that's the same feeling that we should have when we try and sense the power of God. It's immeasurable. It's too much for us. This is the same power that God gives to us That he used to raise Jesus from the grave. And not only that, but he then raised him to the highest of heights. Says, seated him at the God's right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That's the power that God has got, that he can raise a body from death to the highest of heights. And Christian, that is the power that God has got that he is working for you. So when you read Ephesians, and you get to those chapters where it tells you how to live a distinctive life as a Christian, and you think, well that's tough, I struggle to do that. What we're meant to say is, look at the power that is available to me to help me in this. Or when we read in Ephesians about the rulers and authorities and about the cosmic powers of darkness and the the spiritual forces of evil. Yes, we're to take them seriously, but we're not meant to be afraid because we have the immeasurable greatness of God's great power by our side. Fighting for us. You know, sometimes we can struggle in our Christian life, can't we? We're we're kind of poodling along in our own steam, under our own steam. When the power that... God has got that raised Jesus from death to the highest of heights is available to us Jesus who has all things under his feet is then given to us as a church and we are filled with him that's what it says in verses 22 to 23 you know it it changes our lives when we grasp and draw on the power that we have available in God Or well, perhaps Paul's prayer has been very different to the sorts of prayers you pray. We do need to pray practical prayers. There hasn't really been anything practical this evening in terms of practical need. We do need to pray practical prayers. It's good to do that. Jesus encourages us to do that. Paul does it. But perhaps it surprised you just how theological Paul's prayer is for other people. And, and yet also how much it would impact people's lives. If it's answered, and so as a church and as individuals, Paul's encouragement to us, Paul, well, Paul wants Paul's prayer for us. Sorry, is to experience more of the huge spiritual privileges that we have. So we're going to pray now, and we're going to pray briefly for those things. So let's pray. Our Father God, we come to you now, and Lord, we just pray that we would know you better. Lord, I pray, Lord, that if knowing you is not important to us, Lord, I pray that you would show us yourself so that we realise how important it is. Lord, we thank you that we do not have to be experts to know you. Lord, you reveal yourself to us, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that... We would know the hope that we have, those of us who are Christians, your people, Lord, that we would know the certain hope that we have. And Lord, that that would impact our lives now. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to realise what you've made us. Lord, that by your grace and only by your grace, we are your treasure possession. Lord, I pray that that may impact how we think and how we feel and how we treat others. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to make use of the power that we have available to us in you. The power that is working for us. Lord, what an encouragement that is. Lord, I pray that we would pray and that we would trust in you and your power. So Lord, we we thank you for this time. Lord, we pray that you'd answer these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen where we're going to sing uh, a final song, one of my favourite hymns, crown him with many crowns. Jesus, the one who is high over all, let's crown him with many crowns as we sing. we thank you for Sundays. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to join together and open up your word. And Lord, I pray that the things we've heard today, Lord, won't be snatched away, but Lord, they will take root and grow and impact our lives. Lord, do keep us, I pray, as we separate now. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name. Amen.